Today we get some stories from the senior side of investing, as well as some horror stories of having a bad property management company. Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante talk all about this today on the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Riley with my uh, fully satiated partner, Mike Ferrante, who has already had dinner. Mike, you're feeling good? Yeah, belly's full and I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't eaten yet. So Mike and I, we're on different food clocks, but um, we we were just talking about uh, what what he had for dinner, what I'm making and blah, blah, blah. So we both love to cook, but we're not going to bore everybody with uh, this is not this is not the Cleveland real estate cooking channel. This is uh, this is Cleveland real estate. Yeah, and a, the cooking is a different podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't know if people are going to be clamoring, but I am going to throw some stuff on YouTube, Mike, because I've, I've created a few uh, dishes that people really like, but that's, that's, that's another channel. Um, I had a great opportunity to talk to a guy from Maryland, uh, David from Maryland. I talked to him today and Mike, you'll be proud to know he is a big fan of the podcast. Nice. And he loves the heat check. And this is not the first time I've heard from uh, some listeners who called us looking for, you know, advice, property management stuff. And uh, so it was nice talking to him and it was nice uh, getting that feedback. So, uh, yeah, the heat I've heard from other people that heat check is uh, is something they look forward to. So but we're not going to do heat check, Mike. This is not we're not into March yet. But after talking to uh, David from Maryland, I I said, you know, we got to do a podcast on tales from the Cleveland real estate uh, crypt. You know, it's something out of Vincent Price. You know, the horror stories of yep. how property managers can uh, can take your investment and uh, run it into the ground. So you said you had a million stories. So you lead us off. You say you've got a million stories from the from the Naked City. Give us one. Yeah, and I, you know, you could pick a topic and I could uh, tell you a story. I think the one in particular that you mentioned was, you know, management. You know, there's so many uh horror stories about management turnkey providers. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you about my Aussie couple, and this is going way back to like 2009, 2010, uh, but things haven't changed much. Prices were way down back then, not quite as low as they are now. And we all know how affordable homes are now. But so, you know, go back a few years, these guys bought some uh, low priced Cleveland houses and their attitude was basically, wow, I'm buying houses for 18, 20, Now, today's numbers, those are 30, 40, 50,000, but still pretty cheap by comparison. Now, this is in, you say this is in 2010, right? 2009, 2010, right. Okay, so this is at the bottom of the market. This is, right, this is depression era pricing. Yeah, absolutely. But it it doesn't change the story. You know, I could pick a story from any year here, and and the moral of the story is the same. And, And I still hear these types of stories today. But the the idea was, hey, I bought these houses. I bought them from someone who was a turnkey provider, and they uh, rehabbed the houses, placed a tenant, and they're going to manage the properties for me. 
So what these guys that sounds contact, like what we, that sounds like what we do in these commercials. Well, uh, well <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, but these are these are turned these these guys are out there and and yeah. like like I always say, you know there are there are good and bad in every every business. You know right. I, exactly. I I used to uh, side you know tangent here. I know you get to do your tangents. I'm going to do a tangent. Uh, Go, I used Mike. to think I, I used to think that all doctors were good. They got a doctorate. You know, as a kid, I was raised, oh, that you listen to the doctor. Well, come to find out, just like every other trade, every other business in the world, there are good and bad. There are people right. who are better at exactly. it than others. And I've had some bad doctors, and now I know the difference. Well, same thing with turnkey providers. These poor saps bought three, four, five houses, I forget exactly, and, and all of a sudden... They weren't getting their money. They no, their management company stopped contacting them, and they and they so they went online. They found me, and they said, "Hey, we need help." And essentially, what they wanted me to do is go find out what's going on with their properties. Yeah. So I I drove by these properties. They they needed roofs. The the places were a wreck. Uh, the one place the tenant was there when I knocked on the door, you know, peeked out the window, and then wouldn't answer the door. Um, and, and so what ended up happening was the guy was so in over his head that he finally just threw his hands in the air, threw the properties on eBay and sold them for about half what he paid for them. But that's what happened. They bought these homes and the people they were working with just disappeared. Yeah. And you got to ask yourself, why didn't they have somebody independent of these people check out these houses? You know, it just seems so obvious. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm. it's just another variation it's not incompetent we're talking about a, a fraud con job yeah um, and these are smart people mike it's not like these were dummies you know these people own their own business in australia and they were really whoa, smart people whoa, whoa wait a minute wait a minute i'm gonna see your smart person and raise <laughs> you smart company remember that legendary company out of london yeah, i'm not gonna our, name their i'm not gonna name name their name because yeah. th this what i mean we're talking major investment company big bucks yeah big bucks in london yeah and you tell that story mike uh well it was the same kind of thing they were working with uh a company here and they wanted to invest in cleveland again the numbers just looked so tantalizing and seventy five thousand, right I think they bought this four bedroom in Shaker. Yeah, huge, huge house in Shaker. You know, they're people from overseas or out of our area. They they look at these massive houses we have here, and that 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 house with the third floor was closer to three thousand square feet. I think twenty six, twenty eight hundred, massive house. The rent, you know, should have been two thousand twenty five hundred. You know, the the numbers should have been phenomenal, and they just inherited heartache you know the the floors were sloping the renovation was done poorly <laughs> the floors were sloping i remember when we stepped when when we took it off their hands i i play golf folks I used to be a very good golfer you know pre-hip surgery but i was up there and practicing putting on these yeah. slope on these slope floors on the second floor go yeah. ahead it was like a roller. It was like a roller coaster. You know, the it, it was it was uh, uh, unimaginable how bad this this house looked and how badly it showed. They got a tenant in there. They ended up stuck in housing court for literally about six months. I don't know if you ever heard that part of the story, but I just did. due to due to incompetent management and uh, you know the tenant started uh, bringing up uh, the issues with the house and the courts here in Cleveland while. 
they're not as bad as some places. Uh, they're fairly tenant sympathetic. So if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, those courts will not help you uh, when you need an eviction or when or when you need uh, paperwork or building permits or or anything. And right. that was another story where those guys just really got their butts handed to them because they didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah, well, I, the again, it, I think that story is the basis of the commercial we run on these podcasts, which talks about you don't ever rely on the realtor to manage the property. You know, it's almost like we have a system in our office um, where the person that pays the bills does not write the checks. They do not have yeah. check writing authority. There's a yeah. giant, there's a firewall between, and even when they write the check, it's got to be countersigned by another person. Um, checks and because, balances, right? But we're we're afraid of embezzling. So when you're when you are um, buying some property in Cleveland, and let's say you're like uh, David in Maryland, or God forbid these these poor people in Australia or these poor rich people in London, you better have somebody unconnected to the real estate transaction as your second party to check it out, to make sure that the property is in good working order. You know, and that's why, you know, we get a lot of people calling our company, Riley Properties, and they want us to manage their property. And I just tell them we can't take any more business. And, you know, because, you know, we're only going to manage a number of outside investors' properties. That's not how, how we make our money. We we have our own portfolio. We have our own contracting business. But I'll tell you one thing we can easily do, because I have at least a half a dozen people who can do it. We can handle the repairs. But more importantly, we can handle vetting this transaction. Okay. Now, you know, uh, our fees, we charge by the hour and they're, they're not outrageous, but I'll tell you, they're extremely fair and it's going to save you from jumping into a pool with no water. Your thoughts? Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. Ever had a question for the podcast or a topic you would like covered? Maybe you just want to say hi and give some feedback. If you want to reach out to the podcast, you can do so by emailing the Cleveland Real Estate Investor at gmail.com. Well, you know, actually, I, I wanted to go back to the whole turnkey thing. And you said you kind of chuckle and said, that sounds like what, what we do. And and I, and I wanted to be, before we move on, I wanted to kind of uh, point out a few differences. So there are warning signs when you're dealing with turnkey providers that that people ought to see. So I'll give you an example. What what the really bad turnkey providers do is they put band-aids on a property, probably a vacant property. Maybe it was, you know, a foreclosure or maybe just trashed. They put band-aids on it good enough to get a tenant and they don't do a lot of due diligence placing a tenant. So what happens is they sign a lease, they get a deposit, and then they market this turnkey property, turnkey in in, in quotes. 
they, they probably just took the first person that had cash in hand. And the difference between that and what really good turnkey providers do is they either have an established tenant. Hey, here is a seasoned property that we can show a history on of how it has produced over the months or years, or they're doing a great job vetting their tenants and they can provide oh, for that's you. That's so important. Right? Yeah. 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 And and they should be able to show you the paperwork. Hey, here's the tenant's application. Here's the credit report. Here's the pay stubs. You know, it, it, that stuff should be available if you or, or you have to have someone you trust to have done that. Right. So right, that's the yeah. huge difference. And, and, and I wanted to make sure I pointed that out before we got too far down the road. OK, I understand that. I just think it's the old adage, buyer beware, right? Absolutely. Do your homework, you know, regardless of who you're dealing with, do your homework. And it's like that great line in The Big Short, which is one of my all-time favorite movies, where Vinny wants to know, how are you trying to F us? Just want to know how you're trying to F us, right? And then then, um, Ryan Gosling, he explains, he goes, okay, I got it. That makes sense. Okay, we'll we'll do the deal. I remember... uh, Two years ago, one of our first outside investors, um, Renee in California, bought our property in Grayton. And ironically, that house was owned by an Australian group. I don't know if you remember that one, but uh, you were hailing the transaction for Renee in um, Northern, Northern California, and she bought one of our properties. It was all furnished, ready to go. And we had a, we had a tenant in place, and the tenant was us. And we promised her one year at, you know, um, X number of dollars per rent. And we just continued to sublet it. Right. But she she was guaranteed she was going to get her cut as if it was a long-term tenant. We were the long-term tenants, but we still um, were able to rent this and we made a profit, you know, on the sublet. Everybody's happy. You know, we take care of the property like it's our our own. Our furniture is still in there. We've got good, you know, good tenants coming in. She's getting her check every every month, and the repairs yeah. that are needed are to be expected. But you don't want to be dealing with buying a teed up turnkey investment unless you do your due diligence, and that needs to be that need you need to include checking in with the city. How reputable are these people? I mean, it's all out there. It, you know, it's public knowledge. Um, if you've got a lot of complaints from a company, you know, in the Better Business Bureau or the city doesn't trust them. I mean, it's there. All you got to do is call the city. But I'm starting to realize that if we can't handle every call about managing their property because we just don't do volumes, we can at least guide you into a good property manager and we can be we can make sure that that property manager is hearing from us. And I'm thinking that might be the best way to handle these requests for our services. What, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the analogy I always used to make was, you know, you can get the best property and, you know, you can have all the money you want, but think of your management like the gas in the Ferrari. You, you have a Ferrari, Ferrari sitting in your garage, but if you don't put gas in it and the right kind of gas, it's not going to do anything for you. And and the management is is the gas. That That's what makes it go. Right. But you also need a good mechanic. So we would be the mechanic. We're making sure that the, the gas is going in and that the car is being maintained. So I think for a lot of people coming in 
cold, who don't have an established relationship with a property manager in Cleveland, you need that check and balance system. We're, we're providing the balance. And when I mean providing the balance, I think something as simple as just going out and taking pictures of the property, a video of the property, talking to the tenant, how things are going, and talking periodically with the property management company. Um, hey, how are you guys doing? How is this going? Going, and that's a, just an additional layer of insurance. Well, I'm I'm reminded of a story, Mike, and I I know you'll know the property when, when I mention it. But there was a there was a client who was about to buy uh, a duplex, I think it was in the Heights area, and they they tapped the brakes, brought you in because they thought they had a handle on what the house needed ten twenty thousand. You then. Your people went there, looked at the house and said, whoa, wait a minute. Do you realize the porches are sagging and there's this, this and this? And it wasn't a ten or twenty thousand dollar renovation. It was 60, 80. I, I, I forget the numbers. But oh, that was I'm, um, that was the about? one that was the one Anil of you. That was Renee. Yeah. She's going to buy another property. Yeah. And she said, well, I got it. I got it inspected. I went out there with and, and Dave went out there, too. I went out there. I couldn't believe this this property had an inspection report that didn't include the fact when you walked on the front porch, you almost caved in. <laughs> the The garage was crooked. And it's sort of like, who who paid for this report? Was it the seller who's paying for this report or was it somebody independent? I, I really forget. But it was just unbelievable how bad this property was. So yeah, I mean, look, at I, as I was talking to... Uh, David today. In fact, uh, Carlos, I'm going to throw some love out to Carlos because he gave me that nice bottle of eight years in the desert. And, um, you know, I was talking to him and he's, you know, he bought this property, but, you know, he did the inspection and he did the due diligence and he knows his way around the track. And he was commenting on the podcast about, you know, our commercial about how they bought a property and the brother-in-law, the realtor was the property man. I mean, it's a shit show. And he said, yeah, that happened to me. That happened to me. So I think anybody investing in, in Cleveland or anybody investing in property, period, if this is your first time, you better make sure that you crawl before you walk and walk before you run. Because too many people are just jumping in and running. And they just run into a brick wall. So yeah, final thoughts, I mean, Mike? Well, and I think uh, going back uh, to original our, our early podcast, you know, the the really important step that people forget is assembling the the team, and you know, you got to find people that you trust. So, you know, you may have a I'll I'll give some love to realtors. You may have a realtor that you love, okay, and maybe you trust them explicitly. But you still got to have checks and balances. You know, don't necessarily use the realtor's pet inspector. You know, maybe you get your own inspector, and and maybe you don't uh, use the manager that's a, that's recommended. You know, you got to do your do your due diligence, uh, check with other people, get references, and just make sure that the team that you've assembled is ready to play ball before that first pitch. Well, the other thing is um, hire the the right general contractor. I mean, you may not have the time to do this. Um, I mean, that's why people work with financial planners. I mean, they call somebody up and the the broker that's handling their money and the 
they should disclose their fees, but their job is to put you in investments that have already been vetted, right? And yeah. so they're not going to put you in the Bernie Madoff fund because <laughs> when you read that story, what happened with the Ber- the poor suckers that got put in the Bernie Madoff fund. And these were, these were companies that made out like bandits feeding their clients into the Bernie Madoff fund. They didn't do any due diligence on Bernie Madoff. They were getting paid by Bernie Madoff finders fees to put these poor suckers into Bernie Madoff's funds and they lost their shirts. And these people got sued because they didn't do the due diligence. So again, it's who do you trust? And I think if you're going to, if you're going to hire a financial broker, maybe make sure they're, they're certified. They're a certified broker. They're not making money off of off of all these different mutual funds that they put you into. Their job is to make sure that you get an ROI and they get a percentage of that. And that's fair. So when you're buying real estate, it's the same deal. You are, you've got to find somebody you trust that's going to put you in a good deal. Now, the and I would say keep everybody separate on your team. So everybody's cross-checking. You know, you've got the realtor and then you've got a separate inspector that's not connected to the realtor. That's your team. Your team is unconnected. It's almost like, I hate to say this, but how many movies have we seen when the guy's putting together his team of crooks? And one <laughs> right. Common, they don't know it. They don't know each other. That's right. <laughs> they're, they're all brought in by the mastermind, okay? So you be the mastermind and not the fool at the po- poker table. That's my final thought. Give me I one more, it. Mike. I love it. I love it. The team <laughs> of crooks. Yeah. We're not we're not calling anyone a crook specifically, but that, that's a great analogy. Yeah, well, I, I'm feeling, uh, yeah, okay. Maybe I'm feeling a little bit <laughs> like I don't trust anybody here. <laughs> So, it's, it's it's a great it's a great point to make though you know you, you've got to have some eggs in different baskets for sure yeah yeah keep keep everybody separate cross uh checks and balances all right look at i think we've we're done with our little edition of of uh the naked city and uh we're gonna have a few more stories down the road i think we should make this kind of like a heat check episode oh, man. One, once uh, a month Mike, let's once a month scratch let's just... the surface <laughs> go ahead I've just scratched the surface of my barrel of stories. Uh, I I thought of another one uh, that I'll save for next next time. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So everybody look forward to uh, Tales from the Naked City. There's a million of them. All right. We're going to end on that note. I got to start cooking my dinner. All right, Mike. All right. Thanks for having me. We'll talk later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast with Mike Riley. Please add our show or follow us on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. Leave a like or comment on the video. All engagement is appreciated. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well for video content coming soon. For any Cleveland listeners or Cleveland Browns fans, you can check out our other podcast, Cleveland Browns Anonymous, for our weekly group therapy session. This is also on all the same platforms as the Cleveland Real Estate Investor.